The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, I, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. What a great way to start the uh, third half of our three-hour tour. It feels like a Friday show. Well, what the heck, Thursday's Friday Eve, so we're starting the weekend off early with some great music from uh, legendary jazz and pop vocalist Frida Payne, who joins me now by phone. Um, good morning, Frida. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. And it is so wonderful to uh, hear your voice. And, and we're going to talk about your new book and, and a lot more. Also on the line with me, uh, my, my favorite Oakland County activist, Pamela Gerard, um, or Gerald, rather, is uh, joining me by phone. Uh, PG, welcome and good morning to you as well. Well, good morning to Miss Frida Payne. I want you to know that my life was forever changed when I saw you on Soul Train, and I went and bought that record. I used to sing that record with the brush and the vacuum cleaner to my mother. Had no idea what the <laughs> lyrics meant, but the sound <laughs> oh, was great. Goodness. You were beautiful on Soul Train, and I have loved you since then. Oh, really? Oh, yes. my goodness. That's, that's a touching story. And Angelo uh, Bond told me to tell you hello. A Angelo from Detroit? Yes, yeah. ma'am. Oh, yeah. I love him. He's like, he's a, a really talented man. Uh, well, a Detroit. he still lives in Detroit. You know, I'm in California. Now I'm in L.A. Yes. And, and you know, and, and uh, yeah, he wrote, he was one of the writers on my second gold record, uh, Bring the Boys Home. Which is still and a favorite. Love, yeah, right, right. I love Angelo. He's a, and he's a great person. He's just a nice person all we're, around. We're going to hear that Very song nice. a little bit later, Frida. And and uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that. One of the things, a couple of things that I wanted to ask you right out of the shoot um, is, and, and we'll start with this one. Your sister Sherry is uh, a former singer with uh, the Supremes. The fact that both of you went into show business, were your parents in show business? Not at all. <laughs> uh, I thought well, maybe you came all, from a musical family. Well, first of all, um, my dad, my biological father, Frederick Payne, uh, he, was, he worked at Ford Motor Company. So yeah. he was a welder there at Ford Motor Company, and he wasn't, in the music business, I mean, he, he had a decent voice. He would sing to us kids when we were very young toddlers uh, when he had a couple of drinks. <laughs> and then my mother, she wasn't musical at all, and uh, she was a more, more of a clerical person. You know, she, uh, her education was like uh, she went to a business school. And um, she, uh, my grandmother, no... So I think I have a funny feeling. I think I was told that it probably came from the pain side. Now, my father, see, my mother divorced my father, Frederick, when I was like almost four years old mm -hmm. and remarried. So, and then, of course, my stepfather wouldn't, it wouldn't come. No, he wasn't a musical person either. So there you go. Well, Tom, you know, you mentioned her sister, Sherry Payne, and she was the leader of a group called Glass House. And she wrote the song "Crumbs Off the Table." That's um, right. That's right. Sherry, Sherry started writing songs uh, in her, you know, in her early, like at mid mid twenties. And and uh, what happened was um, Eddie Holland happened to hear her playing the piano and singing while we while I was speaking with him one afternoon on the phone. 
And he said, who's that playing and singing? I said, that's my sister, Sherry. He said, well, I hold the phone. I just, I just want to hear something. I just want to hear a little bit. And they said, could, could you ask her to come to the phone? I want to speak with her. So that led to a meeting at, uh, at Invictus, and he signed her to a group called, the, you said, as you said, the Glass House. And uh, she was the lead singer of the group, and she wrote their their song. She wrote a song that was a hit for them. It was called "Crumbs Off the Table." You're right. And then from there, in 1973, she was asked to join the Supremes mm-hmm. uh, with Mary Wilson and Cindy Birdsong. You know, the other question I wanted to ask you, Frida, and I'm being a little bit facetious, is how'd you come up with the title for the book? (laughs) (laughs) You know something? For years, you know, people had been asking me and encouraging me to do a book for like at least 25 years ago, okay? And I would always kind of think, I'd always brush it off and say, oh, I don't know, one day I'll write a book, one day... You know, and I get the spirit to do it. And then after a while, I started to notice that, like, about two or three years ago, I started to realize, I said, look at my peers. A lot a lot of them have written books. I mean, a lot. And I said, you know what? If I don't write a book, if I don't hurry up and get this book done, uh, you know, I better do it before I start, you know, forgetting stuff or losing my memory. You know, as you get older, that ha- that happens to some of us. So I decided uh, when I met a guy by the name of Mark Bego, mm-hmm. and uh, he is a is a prolific uh, author himself. He's written like at least 50, 60, 60 books to his credit. And uh, he said, Frida, I would love to write a book with you. And we did that. We started, we only started it in 2019 in, in fall of 2019, and then by March of 2020, that's when the pandemic hit. That's right. And uh, and then because uh, he li- he doesn't he didn't even live here in L.A. He lived in Tucson, Arizona. So he did uh, get a chance to come to my house and and sit down with me a couple of times. And then after the the pandemic, the shutdown hit. Uh, we did all of our uh, sessions on the phone, and that's how and that's how my book came to be. And of course, he finally he told me he said he said I think a great title would be just plain Band of Gold or or not anything like all that's left is a Band of Gold or uh, you know the whatever you know I I had been thinking of titles all along, but uh, when he said. And then the publishing company, Yorkshire Publishing, mm-hmm. they I think they finally came up. They finally said, well, let's, let's uh, title it Band of Gold, a memoir by Frida Payne and Mark Beagle, and that's it. And I thought, I couldn't argue with that. Well, Tom, you, did you know that Frida was and is and will always be a Band of Gold? I have the book, and I'll tell you, I have just been glued to your book, people don't know, and I'd like to share this with Tom, that Miss Frida Payne could have been the first lady of Motown if it wasn't for a contract that didn't meet her satisfaction, 
her mother's satisfaction and the lawyer's satisfaction. That's true. Well, if those That's three true. don't agree, <laughs> then then you should probably say no. You got that right. And she, you yeah. know, well, it was it was really ironic, Frida, because even though you didn't sign the contract, your career took on its own journey. And a lot of those stars that are with Motown, they got cheated out of royalties. Uh, they got cheated out of publishing rights when they wrote and published their songs. But you went on to do some amazing things in Europe, Broadway, and your training, so to speak, in the musical business was like no other. Who do we know that was a Motown artist or did some things with Motown that was able to do Broadway and do what you're doing even years later and today? I can't think of anybody. Well, I have to, I can't argue with you on that. I mean, I'd have to really start, I mean, really think hard on that one. But but I just have to say, uh, the first, to just maybe clarify things, and you know what, you basically have uh, your some of your facts right. But when I was 13, maybe, no, 14, I was 14 already. That's when uh, Barry Gordy came, Barry Gordy Jr. came courting me in terms of wanting to record me, and also he wrote songs for me that he wrote himself. Now, this predates Motown. There was no Motown. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and that's when he was with uh, the lady that he, he uh, they later married, Ray Noma, and uh, Ray Noma, and uh, she was... She was basically his, you know, his, uh, they were partners. They were his eyes. She was his eyes and ears. And she, she had a great deal of input into that, that company before it was even formed. Matter of fact, she was directly responsible, I think, for, you know, you know, helping him establish the company itself. But that, water under the bridge now and she's deceased we've you know she's gone made her transition a few years ago but uh what happened was it was my mother because i was at that point um i i wouldn't have would not have had the um legal right to even sign anything right you know as uh and my mother would not agree with barry gordy's terms in terms of what he wanted uh, in a in a contract, and they just couldn't come to an agreement on anything, and so nothing happened. But uh, like you say, I could have been the first lady of Motown. I probably could have, because you know <laughs> the first one really was, I, I believe, was Mary Wells. I think that was his first female uh, artist that he signed, and also uh, a lady by the name of Mabel John. She was the sister of Little Willie John, who was a, a big R&B star back then in the 50s. I'm talking in the 50s. Right. And uh, he, he's the first one who recorded that song, I think, Fever. And then Peggy Lee did it, and she had an even bigger success with it. Frida? Um, I need what? to I need to put a comma here. I have to go to break, but uh, I, okay. I have so many more questions that I want to ask, and and I want to hear some more music. In fact, coming up after the break, we're going to hear another big hit from Frida Payne, which was uh, 
Bring the Boys Home, uh, written by Angelo Bond, who was on the show a few weeks ago. Um, can you stick around for a few minutes? Sure. Great. We'll be right back. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom. This is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter. 
is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. More music and conversation with legendary jazz and pop singer Frida Payne, who joins me by phone along with us uh, on the line, is uh, PG from uh, Oakland County, my favorite uh, 
Oakland County activist. Um, Frida, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through that long break. Oh, that's okay. I was while you did that. I was I made myself a cup of coffee. Oh, good, good, good. Um, Frida, I wanted to ask you. Um, you started out with an interest, uh, a, a lean toward jazz. Um, how did how did you end up making these huge pop hits? Well, it all started with um, uh, I was I had. I had moved out of Detroit. Actually, you know, I went to De- went to New York. By the time I was, I turned eighteen, and I uh, and I started. You know, that's when I first got a record deal there with ABC Paramount. Mm-hmm. And I was about twenty nineteen or twenty when I landed that deal, and I got I had a single out and a single, and then after I did that single, it was called "Slightly Out of Tune," which was basically. Uh, the lyrics put to a jazz Desafinado. Yeah, yeah, by yeah, Desafinado. It was a, a hit by a jazz saxophonist. His name was Ann Getz, and it was called Desafinado. It, got, now, it was huge. It now, got to be very big. Yeah, Stan Getz had the big record, but didn't uh, wasn't that a, a Joe Beam composition? Uh, it may have been, but I know that he had the uh, yeah. He, it may have been, uh, but but Stan gets uh, as a musician and was able to do you know re- record the song yeah. and and came a big hit. Uh, actually, there were other singers who recorded that song, and Ella Fitzgerald was one of them. And I think Ju- somebody I can't remember all the other singers, but I'm one of them, and Ella was one, and a, a couple, two or three other ladies. But anyway, uh, I was starting to get bookings and clubs in New York and. And uh, I was working, I, I was, I got an agent in 1967, I was with APA, and they were booking me into supper clubs and lounges, like I would be working in Miami Beach, and I'd be working in the lounge at the Fontainebleau Hotel, mm-hmm. and, or I'd be at working in the uh, supper club, the, the uh, club or dining room of the Doral Beach Hotel, uh, other places like that, and I'd be in the Caribbean. They'd had me working at the Caribbean, uh, the Caribbean Hilton in Puerto Rico. Uh, I mean, nice. I mean, top places. Frida, uh, did you did you take a, a backup band with you on the road, no. or or did you just uh, show up in town and hand out charts? Yeah, you got you <laughs> right. I, I wasn't. In have a backup band behind me I wasn't making that kind of money so I would be booked in places where they already had a house band okay and I had to have charts so I had arrangements I had my own charts and uh enough to fill the bill you know and um so I would basically I was you know let's say you know, making a minimal salary, but it was just enough to like maybe buy a couple of gowns, uh, an expensive you know gown wardrobe, and and I, every every time I made money, I, I put everything back into my career. You know, paying for arrangements, paying for wardrobe, travel, uh, paying for rent. Uh, I always had a and, and also I had roommates a lot. You know, because back then when you <laughs> you're in your 20s and you're struggling, you know, that's what you do. 
And uh, that's how I did it. Oh, and by the way, I'd like to add something to the song, Bring the Boys Home. That was written by Angelo Bonds and two others. And that would be General Johnson, who was the Mm -hmm. singer, the lead singer of Chairman of the Board, which was another big group out of uh, that was Invictus label as well. And also Greg Terry. Now, Greg Terry, actually, he was the actual producer on Bring the Boys Home. But Angelo was also the writer. He was the writer. So I guess, you know, there are three guys, but I think Angelo probably had a great, had a great deal, a great deal to do with it. And, and so. uh, Frida, when you talk about Invictus Records, these, uh, this is the record company that was formed by Holland Dozier Holland when they left Motown and that you yes. also had a yes. contract with? Yes, they, uh, they left Motown. Uh, I think it was around 1966, somewhere around there. They formed their own label, and uh, they actually they left Motown under a cloud because they sued Motown. Mm-hmm. And then Motown, in turn, countersued them back. So it was a mess. I mean, it was sort of like <laughs> cloak and dagger back then. <laughs> it, it sounds like it. I remember talking to some of the musicians that used to do the the backing for uh, Motown Records that would get gigs at other places and even other studios, and they they used to have to sneak around to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that happened a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, because most of the guys that they used, that that, uh, Holland, Dozier and Holland used, were former uh, Motown musicians that Motown used at the same time. You know, so it was kind of like... I mean, you can't tell somebody, uh, "Oh, you can't go and you can't go across town and work for so and so. You can only work for me." I mean, that's like that's being a dictator or something. I but, mean, that's but they like, tried, huh? They did try. Well, I guess so. I guess they would try, but uh, unless they're going to up the ante and pay them a lot more, right? You know, right? Exactly. Now, now Frida, you know, were this, these the this, were these when you say the the band? These were the members of the Funk Brothers that used to provide that, all of the band they, music? Yeah, these were guys that were, uh, 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 they were called the Funk Brothers. I, back then, I, I wasn't aware of that title back then. That's something that just sort of evolved, that happened. But there was uh, Earl Van Dyke on the keyboard, mm-hmm. wonderful pianist. As a matter of fact, uh, back then in the early 70s, Earl Earl, I hired Earl. He became my permanent pianist. All and we went to Europe with. I went to Europe with Earl. Yes, he and did. And everywhere else with Earl and uh, Japan. And uh, I mean, it was so funny because when I first took Earl with me to Europe on a tour to the UK, the England, England, they were they were were people coming back there wanting to interview Earl, in, interview Earl, huh. and. Because he was sort of like had a, his little following over there as well. Mm-hmm. Now, was and, James uh, Bean's bowl a part of the uh, what is now called the Funk Brothers? He was a bass player. He was a trombone player. Oh, trombone. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, he was a trombone player, a horn, and uh, yeah, he was there. Oh, yeah, he was there from the. He played on on my demos that uh, Barry wrote for me when I was 14. I'm talking about this was 1957. Wow. And 
and he played it, this. It, we we recorded all the stuff at United Sound. United Sound yep. was located on West Grand Boulevard, ironically, in the same block or just down the street from where Hitsville eventually was established. Mm-hmm. And, Frida, uh, who were some yeah? of, who were some of the singers that that influenced you when you first started singing? When I first started singing, I was I was influenced by Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, I was Edie hoping Gordon. you'd say that because I saw you do the Ella show. Awesome. You did where? Awesome. In in Flint, Michigan, where I'm based. I was in Flint. Well, it must have been just the one the one woman show. Yeah, it it, it was with a with a small backup band in. Um, it was okay. For, I'll tell you what. It was for I the also, the Flint uh, the Flint Jazz Festival. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. This has I've been done, about ten I've years done, ago. Yeah. Well, I've done it multiple times all over, and also, I have done. I, I have been uh, the actress in doing the Ella play, where I play Ella in a re, in regional theater theatrically. On. Um, oh, I bet know, that was fun. Day. And I'm doing it again. I did it the first time I did it was in 2004 when Maurice Hines called me and uh, re- you know wanted to book me for it. He said you're my first call. He because uh, he had become uh, enamored with me when we were on the road when we did the year tour of Jelly's Last Jam, which was a hit Broadway show that starred his brother Gregory Hines. And so when they did the first and the only um, national company, they I was hired to uh, star in it with Maurice Hines and Savion Glover, who is, I think, who became or is the greatest tap dancer in the world. Yeah, I remember when he first started, when he was like, I don't even think he was a teenager yet. Like well, 12, I almost said that. Eleven or twelve years old, yeah. right? I and almost said kid. that about Gregory Hines until yeah. <laughs> until you brought that up. Mm-hmm. No, wait a minute. Gregory and his brother Maurice Hines they they had an act that was with their dad and uh, Maurice Hines Sr. and they had an act called Hines Hines and Dad, and they started oh, nice. out when they were just. They were like, I think, <laughs> five or six years old. Or, yeah. You know, there was only a two-year difference between them. You know, Maurice was older, the oldest, but just two years difference. And they started out as kids, now, just, like, just, just like just like just uh, like Harold Nicholas and Fayard Nicholas. Yes. yes. Now, no. Frida, do you re- do you remember a bass player at Motown, Marvin Tarplin? He played with Smokey Robinson. He wrote a lot of yes. Smokey songs. Marvin yes. Tarplin was married to my cousin, and they're both deceased. And I, I just, I wished, and I, I go back to thinking after reading the book, and you've said it in the book, what would your musical life had been like if you had signed that contract and you was okay with that contract and mom was okay and your lawyer was okay? Do you think that you would still have the as Tom alluded to, the jazz training, and were you ever trained at like a Juilliard School of Music, or was just, or was this just your gift? Like, how did you go, like Tom said, from jazz to pop? 
pop to R and B. Okay, I guess it was God, and I have to, and I have uh, definite answers to that. First of all, when I was about four and five years old, I, my mother's brother, who was my uncle, Uncle Johnny, mm-hmm. uh, Uncle Johnny passed away when I was nine years old from tuberculosis. That was when that was running rampant in the, especially, remember, I don't know if you have a memory, well, if you read in history, TB, tuberculosis, was there was no cure for it. A lot of people were dying from TB. Right. And uh, I, I know that my my uh, uh, gra- my mother's father, my you know, he died from TB. I never even got, got to see a grandfather on that side. Uh, and then my uncle, what, who would have been his son, he died from TB. But Uncle Johnny used to have a record collection of classical as well as jazz and blues. He would play Duke Ellington records, you know, like, and then he would have Lionel Hampton. He would have uh, Serge Rachmaninoff. Mm. He would have Tchaikovsky, Bach. And he would play, and I would put my little ear up to the speaker, <laughs> you know, and, and to the record, you know, those, and, and to listen. Because back then, they didn't have those big those big speakers they got now. <laughs> you know? so I'm, that, I, Frida, that, I'm familiar with the big-ass speakers. <laughs> the big, I, I let that slip. <laughs> That's totally okay. I've seen a couple of uh, your interviews on YouTube, and and you you do get a little colloquial sometimes. And yeah, I, right. And I like uh, it. Honey, hey, Frida, it comes it comes out. You know what did they say? What's that old saying? You can take uh, you can take the something out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the whatever. Out of the girl. Now, being from Brooklyn, New York, we said. You can take the hood out of the girl, but you can't take the girl out of the hood. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, but let me finish. Let me finish. So, oh, okay, we're talking about the. Okay, now what were we talking about? Hey, Frida, I, I'm I'm gonna have to wrap it up here because we've just got about a minute and a half, and I want to squeeze in some more music because you're still recording. Oh and, yes, I'm recording, and I I did a, a CD that came out that was released last year, and we did four du- duets on it. Johnny Mathis with strings, big band. Recorded at Capitol Records, uh, Dee Dee Bridgewater, mm-hmm. uh, the same person, a uh, du- duet with her, Kenny Lattimore, a phenomenal yes. that's, that's pop. That's what he we're going to close everything. with, is uh, Let There and Be Love Kurt, with yeah, uh, Frida Payne. Yeah, Kurt Elling, Grammy winning, all of them are gram- Grammy winners, my God, Johnny Mathis, ooh. Well, I'm just going to I'm 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 just going to wrap things up very quickly and say that in the next segment we're going to wrap up the show with some excerpts from Frida Payne doing Ella Fitzgerald, but we're going to close this segment with Let There Be Love by Frida Payne and Kenny Lattimore. And Frida, thank you so much for spending this time with me and the listeners this morning. It has been such a delight and um just just keep on belting out those tunes. And you will always be my hero, and you will remain supreme, Queen Frida Payne. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, and take a listen to my latest single. It's called Just, Just to, be, to with be With You. you. I, I will for sure. 
I will for sure. Okay. Um, very quickly, uh, do you have a website? Oh, yeah. Go to my website, freedopain.com. Perfect. Perfect. www.freedopain.com. Have a great day. Thank you. Okay. You Thanks, too. Frida. And thank you. It's a pleasure. Rain. She 
Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year, the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello! I'm Maestro Ricky DeMegan. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Lone Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Quiplet Technology, Mark Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital. Go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom It's Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company, and then ask for the gift card number over the phone. Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. 
These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone... I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. In the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Mr. Paganini, weave breathlessly away. Your masterful baton, why don't you sling it? And if you can't sling it, you'll simply have to. A tisket, a tasket, a brown and yellow basket. I sent a letter to my mommy, and on the way I dropped it. I dropped it, I dropped it, my little yellow basket. A little girlie picked it up and put it in her pocket. I was trucking on down the avenue without a single thing to do. She went truck, truck, trucking all around until she found it on the ground. She took it, she took it, my little yellow basket. And if she doesn't bring it back, I think that I will die. Living for you is easy living. It's easy to live when you're in love, and I'm so in love, there's nothing in life but you. I'll never This love I'm giving, it's easy to give when you're in love. I'm happy to do whatever I do for Oh, 
say is that I hope you all have a good doctor, because, honey, Ella is about to be your wife. So humbly here they has music, how faint the tune. Somewhere there's heaven, how high the moon. There is no moon above when love is far away too. Till it comes true that you love me as I loved you somewhere. singing on stage and I just say to them it's because of all you wonderful people who've loved me through these years you've been my family my joy my friends you're the reason why Ella's happy and I thank you particularly tonight I sing for you 
and I sing for my baby sister Frances. What good is melody? What is music if it ain't possessing something sweet it ain't the melody and it ain't the music Something else that makes the tune complete. Well, it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Do be do be do I 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 don't mean a thing. All you got to do is. Do I 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 do wow makes no difference if it's sweet or hot You better get that rhythm everything you got I said it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing Do I 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 dwell Hey, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program, and I hope you enjoyed that conversation with... uh, Frida Payne, what, what, just phenomenal. That was her in a tribute to uh, Ella Fitzgerald. You can always understand perfectly what she's uh, singing about, uh, either by the melody or the way she pronounces the words. Thanks uh, again to um, PG, my favorite uh, Oakland County uh, activist, for uh, helping get Frida on the show and uh, also to my other guests and to everybody who listened and everybody who came out to the White Horse. Thanks, folks. It's Earth Day tomorrow. In the meantime, good night, everybody. We play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.